Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy Vet Phil Briggs reporting for ConnectingVets.com, the veteran lifestyle website. And I am really stoked for this next interview and is so rooted in veterans and healing. Veterans, first responders, and civilian trauma survivors got to experience healing during a very special event from the nonprofit Raven Drum Foundation. The spiritual retreat, if you will, is called Mountain Rhythm Reset. And it recently sent drum vibrations into the sky high above Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And our guests today are the forces behind this incredible weekend. Raven Drum Foundation was founded by Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen and his wonderful wife and musician, healing arts practitioner Lauren Monroe back in 2001. Rick almost needs no introduction. As the drummer of Def Leppard, he's been part of one of the greatest selling hard rock bands in the history of music. Songs like Rock of Ages and Pour Some Sugar on Me have become anthems for generations. And his message is just as powerful as his music. Inspired after the traumatic car crash that cost him an arm early in his career, he now connects with veterans, first responders and others in a way like no other rock star ever has. And... Over the decades, Rick's story and Def Leppard's music has been a pivotal part of the soundtrack to all of our lives in the 80s and 90s. And now his wife, Lauren Monroe, is a musician whose velvet sound and emotional lyrics are practically medicine. With that, let's say hello to Rick Allen and Lauren Monroe. So good to see you guys again. What a fantastic uh, uh, introduction. Thank you. I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to do my best because I love chatting with you guys. But really what it all comes down to is I love what you're about in covering veterans and all this stuff with mental health and all these things we've really become profoundly aware of even since COVID. What you've been doing since 2001 with Raven Drum Foundation is just phenomenal and it really does connect with people. So let's have you both take a go at this first question. 
How was this weekend's Mountain Rhythm Reset in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Share with me a little bit about what went down. This weekend was, I think, an extraordinary testament to uh, how people can come together with various backgrounds to look at trauma and and dive into resiliency through the arts and through mindfulness. And with the backdrop that we had, which was so generously donated uh, by Mindy and Glenn Stearns uh, in with the mountains in the background and the lake and the grass and people just really, really uh, had an experience and an awakening within themselves. Uh, it was extraordinary. I just, I just felt so blessed uh, to be there and uh, also be welcomed by the first peoples of, of the land there. You know, it was just, um, it was just the most amazing uh, event uh, triggering on certain levels. Uh, I, I was triggered by some of uh, some people's stories, you know, the memory of my own trauma. But then ultimately, the drum circle sort of brought everything to a resolve, which uh, which I think I think was was very important, you know, for everybody to leave there with a, a sense of well-being. The drum circle for me was the thing that brought everything into focus. That was basically the last thing we did was the was the drum circle. I think everybody felt such a, a healing from that. Right on. And I'll describe the picture that we've used in the articles on ConnectingVets.com. But I mean, if you can just imagine the gorgeous landscape of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and the trees beginning to change colors, and there's these folks sitting around this expansive circle with like near 30 or 50 people in it, each with some sort of drum element. And I can imagine what that is like when everybody's syncing up and the vibrations I mean, the drum is the one instrument I really think that just pounds in your chest if you can get to be a part of it or get to be near it. It really does something to you. I think I'll start with Lauren on this next question. What are the sessions about? Obviously, we've said in the lead in here that Mountain Rhythm Reset, the Raven Drum Foundation retreats, bring together veterans, uh, first responders. You know, you're talking EMTs and cops and firefighters or even civilians that have had significant trauma in their life. And they're trying to find an alternative modality that will help them sort of just unpack this mental noise. What are the sessions like? Because it's not just all sitting in a drum circle one time. What do you guys do? How do you do it? What our goal was at the reset was to bring people together uh, to talk about their own experiences through through storytelling of trauma. Um, so we had uh, various speakers of, of of different backgrounds. We had several uh, veterans who experienced uh, very significant trauma and have overcome. Uh, we had Norby Lara there, who uh, was an amputee. We also had Dan uh, Dan Nevin there, who was a, a double uh, amputee, and who's extraordinary uh, on his own right. Um, and we also had John Roberts, who uh, suffered from severe burns and one of the startup people for Wounded Warrior Project, and J.R. Martinez, um, who is an extraordinary speaker too. So we had we had four uh, veterans there as as speakers, along with. Uh, filmmaker uh, Roko Belich, uh, who focused on the studies of, ha- of happiness and created the movie Happy the, uh, and told us about how the arts can be used to really create uh, informational pieces and uh, where you can go deep into resiliency through the arts. We also had, like you said, first responders were there uh, as guests. Uh, we had people that have gone through a number of trauma Everyone spoke willingly and shared, and it was 
so beautiful to see everyone come together and realize firsthand trauma is across the board. It's not just veterans, not just first responders. Uh, we had uh, folks there, some of our sponsors came and they survived the Tubbs fire up in Northern California. Uh, they lost their homes. They saw their, na- their neighbors, neighbors perish. They lost their pets. And they were explaining too how, you know, trauma affects them. And so we all had this understanding around trauma. We had uh, people that came who uh, lost their children and were recovering from that kind of loss. And so it w- there was big conversations. There was beautiful sharings. And then what we did and our, our, what we do with foundation is really bring together these experiences and then show people how to navigate that, how to identify with trauma in the body. Because oftentimes when we have trauma, we want to, we want to shut it out. We want to manage it all the time. We want to keep it down. We want to avoid it. We want to, uh, really navigate around it. But trauma lives, emotional uh, experiences live in the body. So when we just try to focus away from them, they, they still remain. And so this is an opportunity for all of us to, to learn how to be with that and then start managing the mind so that when these things come up, we have tools to be able to connect with our heart again. We can't control when something comes up while we're online in a grocery store or we're, when we're driving or we're having a moment just in a conversation, we are, we start feeling out of sorts. So uh, these are really significant tools and rhythm is a way we all can delve into it and, and start learning. Are the breakout sessions teaching you more than just how to use rhythm and drumming? Are you diving into breathing techniques? Are you diving into coping techniques with sharing your own story? I mean, do you guys get that deep with it? Very deep. Breathing, grounding, uh, being able to identify feelings and vibrations in the body and being able to direct them with the mind. I mean, that's a big part of, of just being in the world today, just navigating anxiety. Like, what do I do with that? Like, I'm feeling anxious. Like Rick mentioned before, these stories uh, from our veterans and even from our amazing musicians that were there telling stories, uh, they could be triggering and they could be like, oh, we can feel it in my body. So after a story, we would focus people on what they're feeling and teach them how to use their mind and breath and grounding to be able to navigate that. So it's practice. This kind of thing is like repetitive. You have to keep doing it because what you want to do is create more neuroplasticity in the brain so that you have a new neuropathway so that you, when you feel something, you can react with knowledge and pause and and give yourself self-directives and not just spin out. and like, I feel this way. I need to go. I need to drink. I need to get out of here. I need to run. So in a moment you get, have a trigger. You go, ah, there it is again. I recognize that I'm going to breathe. I'm going to ground. I have a choice on what I can do right now. I think and uh, drumming with intention as well, you know, being able to focus uh, intention to me is, is, is really, is really healing. I think everybody needs help, but I think, uh, one of the things that's been difficult for me is, is asking for help. How to ask for help? You know, sometimes we're lulled into a false sense that we can do everything alone and we can fix everything. But, uh, in reality, that's just not true. Yeah, man. All the more reason I'm glad that the Raven Drum Foundation has been doing these retreats for as long as it has, because there have been people out there, certainly in this GWAT era, that need this mindful medicine. 
what's something they'll take away with as far as an exercise that they can do in their life when they start to feel it spin out of control again? It's being aware of the multifaceted experience your physical body's having, what your emotional uh, experiences is going through, what your mind is thinking. All the, we, we're, we, in one moment, we're doing so many things we're not even aware of. So when you're having a moment where you feel like, ah, oh, like I'm feeling that anger start to like rise up. Yeah. You won't realize it if you're not paying attention. It'll just be gone and then you're angry. Um, so it's having that awareness and, and paying attention to the signs. One of the things that we talk about is like, what are the signs of that anger coming up? Or what are the signs of the sadness starting to pull back? You're starting to isolate and having that experience of going, oh, yeah. Oh, my gut feels like this. Oh, my, t- my chest is tightening. Feel my jaw. Like, what do I do when I have these things and uh, happen to me? Then you go, Oh, I'm feeling this. Now I have to breathe. I feel the ground under my feet. Stay in the moment and give people an experience of being right in the now. The more we can sharpen our awareness around being in the now, then we're able to come back to that as a center point and, and, and really navigate feelings and emotions. It's all about awareness, connecting to the body and having those tools. Where are my feet right now? That's like a huge one because we don't, we're not even connected to our feet half the time. We're out of our body. So you start to feel that feeling. Where are my feet? Where am I standing? What, how does my body feel like in this chair? Okay. Getting back in the moment. Now, what are my feelings like? Am I tight in my chest? All these very simple things, but we never think about them if we're not aware. It almost sounds like, yeah, I'm breathing. Come on, man. Who's not breathing? Hello. Most people don't breathe a lot. We're all holding our breath. I mean, even while we're scrolling, you're looking at your phone, you're probably not breathing. You're probably holding your breath and then all of a sudden you do. It's not mindful breathing. We're, we're just on this automatic pace, very mental, you know, where our mind is constantly judging, analyzing, comparing. That's what our minds do. Very, very separate from where our heart is. So when we start to become aware, we can go, oh, I'm dropping down. What do I feel like? This heart sensation, this heart intelligence is very real, very scientific. It's not this thing. It's no woo-woo thing, right? And I think science now is really supporting all of this stuff, all of it, all the spiritual things that we've known, the ancient people have known. Now science is going, yeah, the heart has an intelligence. The heart is actually its own separate entity in the body that communicates with the brain. And it's fascinating to be um, alive right now to see the science support all of this that we know. And it is amazing to see alternative modalities becoming mainstream because I know they weren't doing that for our brothers and sisters in the Vietnam era. I know they weren't doing it, you know, uh, go back to the greatest generation in World War II. I mean, this was all, you know, if you spoke of feelings and mindfulness, you know, what's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, I am so glad that it's being embraced and being enacted by groups like Raven Drum Foundation to help bring us together and let us see our peers that are feeling the same way and deal with it, as you'd mentioned right there, with even ancient peoples have sat around and felt the rhythm from drums and sat around and felt the rhythm from musical performances as a way of sharing their story, whether it was 
trying to psych themselves up for battle, whether it was trying to feel engaged and thankful for harvest. You know, the ancients did this with drums and fires and gatherings. And you guys are doing this, which seems to be an alternative modality now, but it's as old as time. As this event culminates with this final drum circle, Rick, share with me like a story of a veteran in particular, maybe that you've met either this weekend or at a previous Raven Drum Foundation retreat where you just talked with the vet and could feel the change or the vet could explain to you what the significance of this breathing, this mindfulness and this Raven Drum Foundation had done for him. I think uh Norby Lara comes to mind. I've known uh, Norby uh, since when? Lauren, like 2006? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I met him at uh, Walter Reed Army Medical. And I've seen such profound changes in Norby, uh, ups and downs. But seeing him uh, this weekend, I'm definitely seeing him on an upswing and as Lauren suggested, you know, he has more self-awareness these days than I've ever uh, experienced in him before. So it was such a breath of fresh air to, to, to see Norby in such a good place. And as you're around the drum circle and, you know, people are kind of paired up with other celebrity drummers and rock stars and stuff. Can you really like, like, do you see a certain joy in their face on that final event that, maybe they didn't express when you first met them and shook hands. Hi, welcome to the retreat. Day one is day three or are, like, are, are, are you seeing it in their face? Are you just seeing it in how they walk and move? There was um, a woman there um, who went through a traumatic event. And um, after that traumatic event, her phone would not unlock uh, with her face because her face changed so much just because of the anguish. And it was like that for uh, about six to eight months prior. She came to the event. Her phone would not unlock. After the drum circle, she pulled up her phone and her phone unlocked by her face. And I think that is such a testimony to how we unlock this energy from the body, how trauma stays in our body so significantly that that, that was a big validation, I think, to the work and, and, and just to the study of how stress and trauma remains in the body afterwards. And it was fascinating. So cool. And, you know, I can just imagine it, you know, as a hobby drummer myself, you know, I mean, I know you go to a place when you're using that part of your brain and it just feels good to live there for a minute and to hear that it's got like a physical manifestation of that release and accept it and move forward through it, I think is so cool. It's why I have you back time and time again to talk about this Raven Drum Foundation, to talk about what you guys are up to, because you're living this. This is, you know, a weekend for some folks. You know, this is Rick and Lauren's path through the world, and you're just picking up people along the way, taking them on the ride, letting them heal. I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit to music, if we can. Let me check my notes here, page two. You know, Phil, I have something that I think is really important for veterans that are listening to know about and everyone. Um, we had Phil Lipoff from ABC News Journalist. He also is a, a anchor for um, Good Morning America and really representing journalists because journalists are first responders. Many journalists are first responders and made everyone aware of how um, journalists go through so much trauma 
and there they go, they cover an event and then they leave and the, they have survivor's guilt. They carry that stuff and they want to do something, but they can't. They're on to the next story and how, how damaging that is. Just like first responders that were there who are, I think now are the most underserved and our veterans are almost ahead of the game learning how to recover from their trauma. So one of the beautiful things about this event was to have journalists, to have first responders, to have veterans. They're all kind of seeing each other as equals moving through this terrain. So cool you point that out because I've heard stories over the years that just stick with me. And it's like in hearing the the vivid details of someone's pain, then it's done. It's published. The show's over and I'm on to something else. And it's like that sits in here and you've, if you have any sense of empathy, boy, you can't turn that off. Their pain stays as your pain sometimes and you feel for them. So amazing. Let's switch into music gears now because there's some amazing things going on there. Rick, you're always good about sharing on the X on Twitter, some of Lauren's latest and greatest. Wanted to ask about some lines in, is the song Brave? Mm-hmm. Brave. Was listening to that the other day and it says, can you show me, show me what is kind. I need to breathe the light. Where is the love? Shine the light in the dark. Keep me away and I will be the sign. I'm not afraid to see what's died because it's time to bring a little love. talking to there are you talking to god are you talking to the person that needs to hear this message i'm always talking to god phil but i think every 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 line comes out of this connection to something that's greater than myself but i think it's asking the world as well can you show me show me what is kind i need to breathe the light and I'll stay here with all that's kind. And I think our focus should be on the things that are kind. There's a lot of negative. There's a lot of things going on we can't control. But the more we focus on kindness in our community and our family, that becomes like a dominant frequency. And that's the thing that's going to sculpt and shape our life. I think that line that you mentioned too, um, keep me awake and I will be the sign is a is a testament about being mindful. And the more we are awake in ourselves and we are awake to injustices around us and we are awake, we can choose to be kind and and not be fearful of what has died in our own life. Not be afraid of what has died in our life. And we all have death in our life, whether it's surviving someone else or whether it's just the death of who you used to be. I love the way Lauren describes this song, being brave, being brave enough to be kind. Uh, and I think that in itself is a huge statement. Vulnerability is not a weakness. 
tell me what you think about that, because in the military culture and first responder culture and in our masculine culture in general, I think that is something we need to overcome. You know, and I think of it, you know, as I've shared with you both, you know, my personal story of coming back from a near fatal heart attack. I look at so many things now on social and I can't even begin to see them. I, I can't scroll past it quick enough when I have to watch the video of two people fighting in a parking lot or of a, you know, of a situation in a school and anger and hatred. I, I can't watch more clips of civil unrest and, and everyone's using it to spin their political agenda or their message and say, look what's wrong with this and look what's wrong with that. And you are saying, show me what is kind. We can't have enough of that. And I know the world isn't rainbows and unicorns either, but you focus on the bad. That's what you're going to feel. And it is so cool to hear you put that to melody with that song, Brave. I couldn't get enough of it, man. I ate that up. I, I, I just, I needed to go back and listen again and again because I love the words. And pardon my poor transcription at the very beginning of this setup. <laughs> sometimes you know how it is. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't hear the right word, but you get the feeling. And no, it's it, it's true. It's very rarely do you hear brave and kind in the same sentence. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I love uh, that Lauren brought it around. Uh, in, in, in that sort of positive way, it's almost like she's challenging people to be kind. I think with our warriors, I think especially that they're trained to be brave on the outside and all the external things that you need to do, uh, to be brave and to rescue and protect and to fight, um, is the external being brave. But then all the tools that you learned to be brave on the outside, we have to flip and do it within because that's the greatest enemy is our own self. Now, Rick, here's the part of the interview where I was going to try to unpack some of the depth of pour some sugar on me, but it, you know <laughs> what? I, I, I just... I don't think we can get there from here. I'm sure there's deeper meaning there. But I did want to note something about a Def Leppard show. And I saw it in another interview and then went back and watched some concert clips and some of the folks that have, you know, kind of chronicled you backstage and before the show. And there's a moment, Rick, that I noticed. And it's before you go on side of the stage and you're not with the rest of the band. There's not a handle of Jack. You're not high fiving. And there's this little moment I see where, you know, maybe you're just, you know, your head's a little bit bowed through your hands kind of close to your chest. What's going on there? Who are you <laughs> talking to in that moment? Is that your moment with God? Is that a pre-show ritual that just squares you away and gets you ready to release all this killer energy that Def Leppard fans have eaten up for decades? That's pretty much it. It's a really sort of personal a moment where I, I thank God. I thank my entire support team, you know, includes all my family, includes Lauren, it includes my kids, it includes my parents and, and really anybody that lifts me up, basically hand it off to a, to a, to a higher power. And then the next part of the prayer is really uh, how I want people to feel listening to this music. Uh, the intention behind the music. And um, I see it all the time. I see people's faces during the concerts and they're having a moment. I mean, you know, people are, 
Sometimes they're, they're, you know, just overjoyed. And then other times you can see that they're having, you know, a moment where, you know, I see tears rolling down their faces and maybe they're tears of joy. But, you know, music is a time machine. It's beautiful how we can listen. We can listen to, uh, to a piece of music from decades ago, uh, from when we can first remember or even before. And it takes us back to a moment where we remember things so vividly. So yeah, I think, I think music is a very powerful thing. But when you add uh, the intention to that music and how you want the music to make people feel, then it becomes 10 times more powerful. And do you attribute some of that to the longevity of Def Leppard? Because, I mean, obviously people that were in a band to just go seize the moment and party and girls and cars and sex, drugs and rock and roll. You know, that's only a, that's only one little phase of a career. But to make it last as long as it has for Def Leppard, is that something that you, Joe, Phil, Vivian, like, are you guys all grounded similarly that way? We all realize that every night is completely different. You know, it's one thing playing these songs in a rehearsal room. We practice because we want to be tight. You know, we want to be as good as we can possibly be. But once you play these songs uh, to an audience, they take on a whole different personality. And then you're really speaking to uh, people's coming of age moments or moments in their lives when, you know, they had either an incredible event, you know, something fantastic happened to them or something negative happened to them. Uh, but I, I think, I think the fantastic thing is that the music takes on a life of its own because everybody's personal individual experience of that music and where they were when they first heard it. And again, it's the common denominator of the Raven Drum Foundation's retreats, most recently in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was Mountain Rhythm Reset. And whether it's the vibrations of a drum circle or the full-on anthem of a rock show, yeah, it fills you, it fuels you, and it takes you to a place that's very important. But I'm so glad to hear the guys giving it to me are just that down-to-earth. And for you especially, to see that little moment side of stage, away from the band, bowing his head, knowing that, you know, it's a gift from God and that you're just sharing it with us, man. So cool. So cool to hear that you actually get it. Uh, no. I want to wrap the interview with uh, something else. I know you're actually, you know, you're talented with a pair of drumsticks, but the paintbrush, <laughs> who knew you would go on to become such a great painter. I wanted to just, I guess I'll call this rock gem. Little play on words there. I saw the portrait of Eddie Van Halen. Phenomenal portrait. I wanted the rock gem from young Rick Allen's life. The first time you saw Van Halen or the first time you met Van Halen, was it a wild party or was it, you know, it was, it was all of it. Um, but, uh, going back to 1975, uh, my, my best friend, uh, played me, uh, uh, Van Halen. Uh, when I heard that record for the first time, I was blown away. Uh, I'd never heard anybody play guitar like that and the whole band i mean i'd never really heard a band uh like van halen in, in my life fast forward a, a few a few weeks later it just so happened that van halen were coming through my hometown opening up for black sabbath and it was one of the most incredible uh shows i've ever seen 
And then fast forward even further, I uh, I settled in the States in like uh, 91. Uh, my friend Steve Lukather, who happened to uh, live really close to me, he asked me if I wanted to go out one night. And he said, uh, Eddie Van Halen's uh, going to be there. Um, you know, would you like to come down and say hi? I'm like, of course I would. So I went down, I met Eddie Van Halen, very unassuming. You wouldn't think that he did what he did for a living and that he was probably one of the most influential uh, guitar players of all time. Uh, I think between him and Jimi Hendrix, they changed the way people play guitar forever. So I was very, very fortunate to uh, to meet Eddie. And then recently, uh, Mammoth were out. Uh, they did a few, uh, I think, four or five shows with uh, Def Leppard and the Motley Crue uh, when we were over in uh, in England and Europe. And that was really special to meet uh, to meet Wolfie. Yeah, no doubt, his son carrying on his legacy. Uh, interesting to hear that he's a very unassuming guy in real life, that he's just sort of, you know, kind of mild and mellow, not, you know, loud in your face, which you expect a, you know, rock star like that to be. Uh, what are you capturing in the painting we see? It is an infectious smile of Eddie and the hair's kind of flying around. What is it I'm seeing or what did you want to capture when you made the portrait of Eddie Van Halen? Well, when I found I found a really cool photograph, and it it was really about trying to capture that infectious smile, as you just you, you know you just mentioned, and and I think it was that smile, just just trying to capture that. I think we did that really well, and I'd love for people to remember him like that. Yeah, man. Three chords in a dream, rock and roll, and some hammer tapping that changed the face of rock forever. Just so cool. And you do definitely get the essence of that when you're looking at it. Incidentally, you can find some of Rick's work and is frequently shown at Wentworth Galleries. Uh, you can Google where they are, but I believe they're in Florida and uh, right here in the D.C. area in Tyson's. Virginia at the Galleria. So, um, yeah, just great stuff. Rick's work on canvas, Rick's work on stage and Lauren, your work in the mind and heart space is felt through this zoom call in so many dimensions. I can't even tell you. Uh, it's just a joy to talk to you guys and hear how this works, how what you're doing benefits so many people. If we open our ears and open our hearts. So, uh, with that, I say thank you very much. Where do I get more information about Raven Drum Foundation, upcoming retreats, and, uh, things I need to know and follow? Ravendrumfoundation.org and come to lauramonroe.com, rickallen.com. We're there too. A power couple of the ages for the mind, body, and soul, man. Just so good to catch up with you cats again. Uh, always love it. Always love talking to you. And thank you so much for being my guest. Uh, thank you very much. Very kind of you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.
Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.